The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. When I was at UCLA, I used to stop people. I was a rabbi at the college for many years, and I'd stop people. I'd say, hi, are you Jewish? That was my pickup line. Very blunt, very blunt. Hi, are you Jewish? Either they would say, no, I'm sorry. It's nothing to apologize. We can't all be special. (laughs) If it's a boy, I used to mention I'm a moil and I can help out. But usually they're not Jewish. But if they are Jewish, are you Jewish? Then I would try to engage them. Sometimes they would stop and engage me. Sometimes they wouldn't answer. They'd walk right along. Every person was different. Sometimes they would say, yes, but I'm not interested. That always made me the most sad. Yes, but I'm not interested. Once there was a young lady, she's walking by. I said, are you Jewish? She said, yeah, not interested. Now, I'm a little bit of a nudge. I could be, asked my wife. I could be a little bit of a nudge. I could hang on. And I decided to hang on. So she's walking away. Yeah, but I'm not interested. She walks. I just follow her. <laughs> she didn't call the cops, which was good. I follow her. I say, okay, but what's your name? So she sees that I'm not leaving. She says, Nurit. Nice Israeli name. I said, Nurit, so nice to meet you. I'm Rabbi Klatsko. I said, here, let me give you my card. You're not interested now. But maybe one day you will be. Here's my card. So I give it to her, and she figures, if she doesn't take the card, she's not getting rid of me. So she takes it. I figure she's going to crunch it up and throw it away. Okay, I did what I could do. I went back to my table. But every day that Nurit passed, from then on, I'd say, oh, bucket of Nurit. I just like, oh no. Why did I tell the rabbi my name? Well, that was a big mistake. She started walking the long way to avoid, you guys know that's like, let's go the long way so I don't have to bump into the rabbi. The next semester, I get an email from Nurit. And she says, hi, Rabbi Klatsko, I don't know if you remember me, this Nurit. So I just wanted to let you know I'm converting to Christianity. So I, I figured if she writes me such an email, she must want a response. She wouldn't just tell it to me to like twist the dagger, right? I said, okay, you're converting. I think we should speak for a few minutes on campus. She writes back, I don't really have time. I said, five minutes on campus right there at my table. She agrees. The next day she comes to the table and I just lay it on thick for five minutes. Well, I think, well, I would, I would, I would think twice before converting. Because number one, he wasn't the son of God. Number two, he wasn't Ben Yishai, wasn't. Number three, the whole story's made up. Number four, he never existed. And on and on and on. And by the five minutes were over. She's like, oh, whoa, I didn't know a lot of this. I said, okay, now we've got to meet for real. She said, I have midterms, I have midterms, I have midterms. I said, come, even midterms is too important. I said, come, I'll serve you the best coffee. Come. She writes me an email. You know what? If it's white hot chocolate, I'll come. I said, I will find you white, whatever that means. I'll find you white hot chocolate. Come. I found her some nice packet of Belgian white hot chocolate. She came over for about three hours. We went through all the reasons that Christianity is nonsense. She then went to her missionary friend, told him everything that I said, the one who was converting her, and he spent four hours with her, convincing her that what I told her was baloney. She comes back to me, she says, well, I have an answer to everything you say. Tell me the answer, I'll tell you the answer to that. 
<laughs> so she came back to me, and I spent hours. Then she went back to him, and I felt like I was in a tug of war for Nurit's neshama. I, I just, I felt the rope. Sometimes it felt like it was slipping. Sometimes I felt like we, we were winning. After a month, she writes me an email. She says, Rabbi Kladsko, I realize at this point, when it comes to Christianity, to, to quote Shakespeare, something stinks in Denmark. Mother, something is not kosher, basically. I see in Christianity, there are too many issues. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be Jewish. It just means Christianity has issues. I said, okay, we're making progress. Now come, come to me for Shabbat. Come Friday night. A few weeks later, she came. And I made Kiddush. She's sitting with a bunch of college students. And after Kiddush, we go to wash our hands. So everyone gets up. But she is sitting down. So someone says, Nurit, now is when we do this, wash our hands. She says, I don't do what I don't understand. I said, ah, she's going to become from. <laughs> That's, she's, a, she's a thinker. So, Nurit, she began coming to our house very frequently. I had a little son. He's not so little. He's married now. His name is Alicia. She fell deeply in love with our three-year-old Alicia. She said, I used to cry when I see him. She saw a, a Jewish a Jewish little boy, what it means, the Ziskite. That's what happened with Nurit. But I want to take a moment and tell you about another young man. There was a young man by the name of David. And I invited David over. He was a quiet young man. He used to come to our home for supper, learning, growing, didn't know much. And he had what's called a Jufro. It's an Afro on a Jew. They call it a Jufro, big bushy hair. He used to follow a band called Fish. And the Fish followers, they wear this big hair. But he used to come. I used to learn with him. And one day I said, you should come to Israel with me. You should come. We're going to do a trip. He said, okay, I'd love to come. So in those days, I wasn't the one doing the interview. But instead, there was a, a couple who did the interview. So I brought David to the couple. I had him interview. They did not accept him. I said, what do you mean? This boy's should Amazing young man. They said, look at him. Look at this. Look at, look at him. He doesn't look the part. There's got to be something wrong with him. I wasn't happy. What do you mean? He's a good boy. I know David so well. A few days later, I invited David over. He had a, a Jew fry and a beard, by the way. So he, he did look a little bit overgrown, like a bush. But <laughs> I invited him over for dinner a few days later. He comes. He enjoys us for dinner. And then I said to David, I'm going to tell you something you don't know about your rabbi. Did you know, besides being a rabbi, I'm also a barber? <laughs> I said, and I, I can give you a little trim, a little trim. A little, it can look really nice. Would you allow me? He says, sure, little trim. I bring him to my bathroom. I take out my clippers. I trim a little off the top. Then I say, look, I trimmed over here. Now the beard looks too big. Can I, can I do something with that? He goes, whatever you think, rabbi. I trimmed over here. And I said, you know what? It's looking too big here. So he trimmed a little bit there. By the time we finished, he looked like a Miri Shiva Bakr. I had trimmed, I had cut his beard completely off to his clean shaven. He had a regular, nice, normal haircut. And I did not know what I was doing. Then he looks in the mirror when I finished. He goes, oh. I said, you look great. I got one more idea. He goes, what's your other idea? I said, I want to go back to this couple. I think whatever 
I think we should go back just to interview. But don't tell them that you were there before. Don't tell them you were there. If you, they, we're just going to go to an interview. So I brought David again. They, they did not realize the same guy. They interview him. And after a few minutes, one of the couple come, came out of the room. So Rabbi Klatsky, can I speak with you? Where did you find such a great guy? This guy is amazing. Such character. He's so eloquent. He's so... I speak to the hand, you know. You gave up on this guy a few days ago because you didn't have a haircut. That's a neshama you're talking about. That's a neshama. He did come with us to Eretz Yisrael. He spent a few weeks in yeshiva, and then he made up his mind he's going to go back to yeshiva after he finishes college. But he would listen to shiurim in the lab. He was growing, and I began to use him because he was so good with other people. And now he was this handsome guy. He was just perfect. If I needed somebody to speak to people about Yiddishkeit, a friend of theirs, a student, he was very eloquent. One day, he was over the house, and in walks Nurit. And I said, Nurit, I said, I said, David, I said, David, there's a girl coming here. Can you speak with her about Israel and about going to learn to grow? He goes, sure. He knew, he knew the routine. He knew the drill. So Nurit walks in, and I said, oh, Nurit, thank you so much for coming. It's right before Pesach, and we're lining our table with a silver foil. Can you, this is, this is David, Nurit, can you, can you do it together? I'm going to be in the other room. And I left the room, allowing him to do his magic. I ran an Israel trip a few years later, and one of my students got bitten by a spider. We brought him to Hadassah Hospital, and they treated his spider bite. And then when they released him, and I was together with him leading the trip, so I was at Hadassah Hospital. As they released him, we go to the parking lot, and there we see David and Nurit pushing their first baby together. <laughs> they have a bunch of beautiful Jewish kindalach. They visit us each Purim. You can't give up on a single life. And especially if that life is your life. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.